2: feel I'm started it right under on the move racing back it's over's hat it's gone it's into the bullpen this game is
3: tied this game is tied david ortiz david ortiz david ortiz
0: this is red Sox beat on CLNS radio I
2: think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travoshawn opening day and I'd be totally cool with it cuz I think it would it, it if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to to play better defense, and play better, period. Nothing will.
0: I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame.
1: Achievement or a new milestone. They don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, for so we're going to a ceremony. Like, no. no like...
0: Now, to your hosts. All right, welcome in another episode here in the offseason for the Red Sox. Red Sox Beat, of course, here on CLNS Radio. You can find us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes as well. That'd be great. Of course, listen to us on Stitcher. Um, It's Lauren's favorite day of the week, and it's not just because the Patriots won the Super Bowl in the most insanely crazy way possible. Um, It's because it's truck day, and I could care less. I I mentioned this last week with Lauren. I don't really want to talk about it, but I will let Lauren express her happiness for the fact that they put a bunch of crap into a truck and drove down to Florida today
1: it's exciting and it's even more exciting because Patriots won the Super Bowl last night get to wake up knowing that Red Sox season is just another day closer so it makes for a happy Lauren
0: Jess do you like truck day as much as she does
2: no in fact if she wasn't here to remind us every five minutes I wouldn't <laughs> even know when it was but I'm happy it's here, but I'm still in Celtics mode now after Patriots are over.
0: I almost forgot about Truck Day, and it was I knew it was coming. And the only reason why I remember it was because I was looking for Super Bowl stuff this morning, and it popped up on my t- timeline on Twitter.
1: <laughs> it was probably my tweet that popped up.
0: Probably, because you're the only one talking about it today, because of what happened with the Patriots and everything that happened in the Super Bowl. But as much as I would like to sit here and talk about the Super Bowl for an hour or a half hour— we won't do that because we're a Red Sox podcast. Um, so joining us right now, guys, is Tyler Seeley. He writes for Baseball Central. Um, Tyler, do you care about Truck Day?
3: Uh, I, I would say I'm on Lauren's side. Um, it just basically kind of signifies, you know, we're getting closer to the baseball season. You know, spring training is, what, 10 days away now? And so, I mean, while it's not the most exciting thing, you know, it just kind of gives you a little bit of a boost, you know, that uh, baseball's around, right around the corner.
0: Ugh. <laughs> you better you better hope that you have another answer to that question by the end of the show tyler or you're gonna get on my bad side real quick uh no kidding kidding of course um so speaking of truck day because it's coming and we've seen pictures I, I know i tweeted at lauren um a picture first picture we've seen of chris sale in a red Sox uniform or red Sox colors which is fantastic um that begs me to ask you tyler i know we've debated this a little bit here in the offseason we'll touch on it more as the um as the preseason and as spring training kind of progresses here but who's starting opening day right now for you
3: i would give it to rick porcello a lot of people you know will sit here and say well you gave david price 217 million dollars last year uh to start opening day for the next seven years but you know what i'm sorry david price did not earn it <laughs> and you can't just bring a guy in like chris sale and put him in on opening day i mean a lot of people believe it i just i think that rick porcello has earned it i mean you know the guy won 21 games is that what it was last year it's just like remarkable how good he was last year and you just have to reward him with uh with opening day
2: yes you're my best friend now
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> himself exactly. from the day answer. <laughs>
2: that's right that's exactly what i would do rick porcello all the way
1: yeah i mean i'm, I'm with you on that one just because you know jess jared we've talked about this all season how can you not give it to him we could go on about that for for hours too, but um, so for the season as a whole, like we know who you want as your opening day starter, Tyler. But what are your expectations for the entire season?
3: For Chris Sale, or or, or you mean like entirely for the Red Sox?
1: No, entirely for the Red Sox. Like, what do you what are you expecting for the season?
3: Well, I mean, I kind of have thrown this around but if they don't win the american league and i mean like as a pennant like go to the world series it's a colossal uh disaster or i'm sorry it's a colossal disappointment i mean ultimately i think the red Sox are a team that you know they they did get swept last year so you know obviously you kind of pump the brakes a little bit but they did add chris dale um you know you do lose david ortiz but you know what pitching wins and you know you just went out and got one of the best starters in the american league if not in all of baseball i mean that should be the expectation and if you don't then you get hammered for it i mean
2: yeah i i see see what you mean i think that's i mean that could be maybe a little harsh in terms of uh, in terms of the expectations on the guys just because you never know what people do in their first first season but obviously the pieces are there which which kind of leads right into the next question tyler um you kind of answered it, but maybe you will have an answer. Do you have any concerns with the team? Because obviously people have talked about the lack of a DH with Ortiz leaving. What if what if this pitching falls apart with high expectations? Is there enough in the bullpen? Do you have any concerns with the team?
3: Um, of course. Uh, there's always concern when it comes to uh, the Red Sox. Um, but my main concern is can Jackie Bradley Jr. put together a season like last year? Can Rick Porcello replicate what he did? Is the lack of the DH, like you said, David Ortiz leaving, obviously an influential figure, but a very, very big bat in the lineup, that's gone now. Um, You know, can they replace that? And also, I would say the biggest concern is always health. I mean, is the team going to be healthy enough? You know, baseball is a long season. And if you're not healthy, uh, you know, you can almost forget about it. So, um, those are my main concerns. And then I would say the bullpen, they didn't do enough in the bullpen. I do like the addition of, um, Tyler Thornburg. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I don't really see much that they did to the bullpen. It's basically the same without Koji and Tazawa. Not that I like Tazawa, but still, I mean, <laughs> you're still taking those guys out of the bullpen.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I'm one to not like Tozawa either, or honestly, or Koji. I'm kind of glad they're both good. I talked about him being old for a while. I, I called him ancient and had spider webs coming out or something like that. I don't remember what I said. It was a while ago. But but we all know he was old. But that that being said, you know, you lose pitchers in the rotation, but now, I mean, in the bullpen, but you also have to worry about the back of the bullpen. We know it's well-documented at this point. The Red Sox have traded clay buckles. I'm still rejoicing off the rooftop. If it wasn't for the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, that would be my my proudest moment so far in the winter the winter uh, because we all, everyone knows that I love clay holes off of this roster um, Tyler just who who fills the back end of this rotation now a lot of people are concerned because you don't have the insurance whatever that means with of clay holes um, in the back of the rotation who fills the back of the rotation for you right now
3: uh, right now I go with, po- I would go with Pomerantz, the guy that you uh, basically, you know, you gave up a top prospect for an Anderson Espinoza, And then I would go with Steven Wright, who had a really good year last year, if not for John Farrell and his dumb experiments. You know, maybe he gets to pitch in that game three of the uh, ALDS. So uh, I would definitely go with those two. And then like, I would just like to add that I would throw Erod in the AAA rotation, or if not on the DL, if the, you know, the knee's not back to 100%, um, because, you know, it's not good for him to just go out there and obviously start thinking about that and you know he's kind of a bit of a head case to begin with so let's get him a fresh start and i think that putting him in the triple a rotation makes a lot of sense to start the year because i don't think it would be beneficial to put him in the back of the bullpen i don't think that's a good idea either your guys thoughts on that
1: oh he's throwing it back to us wow
3: (laughs) if i can do that you can't yeah Uh, yeah i mean
2: i don't I'm just amazed how many how many people have jumped off the E-Rod bandwagon just that quick. But I kind of have to. We've talked about it before on the show. It's it's uh, it's concerning with all his injuries. So I think uh, I think I'm right with you there with with Pomeranz and Wright. Pomeranz, you got to give him a chance after trading for him last year, and Wright certainly deserves a chance after. After how he pitched last year, so Erod's kind of the odd man out. Well, you'd
0: have to question them if they took, if they kept Steven Wright off the rotation because what is he endo- what has he done to lose the spot? He's done nothing. You know, he he wasn't pitching in the season because his manager's a boob and made him run the bases. It, he would have been he would have been pitching down the stretch for you if he didn't make him try to slide back into second base. So you can't really take his spot away. And John Farrell's always one to say you can't lose your spot to injuries, and that's what that was. So you got to pencil him in, and then. Between Pomerantz and Erod, right now I'm taking Pomerantz because Erod can't stay on the field.
3: Yeah. Although I would also add that I don't love Pomerantz, so there's that.
1: I don't really think any of us love him, but... It's kind I of mean, a forced, those two forced, forced the... entry. <laughs> yeah, but it's the, it's the appropriate choice given Erod can't stay healthy, and he's proven that in the last year. So, I mean, I'm right there with you guys with Wright and Pomerantz in that 4-5 and five slot just because... I don't trust E. Rod. I don't want him on the mound unless he's a hundred percent. But I don't want him telling me he's a hundred percent. Like I need, I need to be shown to me. But you know, I think he needs to start in Triple because I don't think he belongs in the bullpen. But like you said, Jesse's kind of the odd man out right now.
0: Tyler, you you um obviously you mentioned Pomeranz and having to do that. and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but I'm curious to think. If you have anybody, I mean, it makes sense that the, someone from the outside of this organization would probably be on the, in this rotation by the time the season's end. If the, if the Red Sox do well at all, um, because you know you're going to be looking to push for the playoffs. Lauren, I'm sure, is going to pick them to win the World Series again, like she did last year. So, do, <laughs> who, who would you see right now, maybe as an opportunity for the Red Sox? At the trade deadline, baby, to just go after them and have on this rotation, who would be the most likely person you in can the see? rotation? You're out, saying, out the, right? Yeah, yourself? like outside yeah. of this organization, who would be on this team maybe um, as a potential starter to fill a gap, maybe by an injured E. Rod sucking down the road, that sort of thing.
3: Um, uh, so that's kind of a hard question. I would say you look at the teams that um, you know aren't going to be very good, like Oakland, uh, Cincinnati. Uh, the Braves, you know, maybe a guy like, um, you know, um, R.A. Dickey bringing another knuckleballer into the rotation, or you bring Bartolo Colon, he'd bring some experience. Uh, I mean, those are the guys that I think of. I don't know if there's anyone that you guys have in mind, but I mean, that's, that, that's where I go. The teams that aren't going to be very good and you kind of know they're not going to be very good right now.
0: I would love macho Martel, uh, Bartolo Colon back here. That'd be phenomenal.
2: Back here. <laughs>
1: Oh gosh, what a disaster that would be!
2: Too old. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> sticking with the uh, with the pitching trend we have going on right now, Tyler. How do you think uh, Chris Sale is going to do in his first year here?
3: I think he's going to do really well. To be honest with you, I do. Um, a lot of people are like, "Well, he's got a lot of off-field issues." You know, he likes to cut jerseys up and what have you. But you know what? It, That's all outside noise. Although I know in Boston, if he did that, that would be under the microscope and that's all that would be talked about on the radios and whatever. But I think he's going to do well here because he has that kind of a uh, no BS mentality. He's very, uh, you know, he's very, it seems like he's very focused and he's very about, you know, uh, his craft. And I love this stuff. And I think he's going to do really well here. I do.
1: I like it. I like that answer because I'm right there with you. I think he's got the the, the right attitude to be here. So I'm definitely oh, right
3: there. And just to add, he doesn't have social media. And so, uh, you know, anything like that, I'm on board with. And he doesn't care what people think, which is also important to Boston. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Tyler, switching back to the bullpen, I know you, you mentioned Thornburg a little bit, but. Um, Do you think the Sox did enough with the bullpen? Can Carson Smith be relied upon when he comes back in May or so, whenever he comes back? And with losing Koji, losing Tozawa, uh, and then seeing if Kimbrel can bounce back, do you think they did enough with the bullpen, or should they have added more?
3: I definitely think they should have added more, just because of the people that were out there. Uh, Greg Holland was out there uh, basically saying, come take me um there was you know, all kinds of arms out there they definitely didn't do enough I mean they did go out and get Thornburg but you also got rid of your third base depth which I don't believe in Sandoval um but ultimately I don't think they did enough I really don't I think that they could have added you know not a a back end guy but maybe like a middle relief guy or even a long relief guy I just you know, you see these bullpens like Chicago had last year, like the Yankees had until they traded Chapman. Like, we don't even have close to a bullpen like that. And those are the bullpens that win World Series. So that's the weakness in the Red Sox right now, in my opinion.
0: And and Tyler, I wanted to ask you one thing, too, because I think it's getting very underplayed this offseason so far as we, you know, talk about Chris Sale, talk about what the bullpen's going to look like, John Farrell being on a short leash, if any, Um I want to talk. ask you about what your thoughts are on the catcher situation, because um, right now you have three viable options. Who's, who do you think right now is the starter coming in, and who do you actually want to be the starter if you had your choice?
3: Uh, coming in, I would put Vasquez there just because, you know, he's not coming off an injury, but who I personally would put there, I would put Swihart there. I think he's the catcher of the future. He can hit. He, uh, you know, is obviously a work in progress when it comes to defensively, but he did show some signs of getting better at that, uh, towards the end of 2014, I believe it was. And, uh, you know, I just ultimately, I think the kid can play, and the kid definitely has a bat. So, I mean, it's just a matter of when that comes to life, and when that comes to life, he might be able to be a five-tool catcher. Do you think Swihart can get to where Vasquez is defensively? Because that's a big selling point for uh, Vasquez Jeez. Probably not, because a lot of people would like to refer, like even baseball people would like to refer to Vasquez as a mini Yachty, Yachty, or Molina. And, you know, anyone that gets that kind of praise, you know, obviously is that's huge, you know, uh, but defensively, no offensively, you know, I think he's already better. Yeah, no, def- I agree. Go
2: with Swihart. Um, Vasquez isn't, isn't proven enough offensively yet. And he had such a poor year last year. I agree with you there, Tyler. I got one more for you. Uh, Just a couple kind of small predictions player-wise. First, do you think Hanley Ramirez can do what he did last year again, or is he going to drop off? And secondly, can Mookie Betts have another MVP-type season, or is he going to have a little slump following that since he did so well?
3: Um, So I'll go with the... uh... Mookie Betts will have another MVP type season because Mookie Betts just gets it. That kid gets it. He he uh from what everyone said, you know, he absorbed everything. Um from David Ortiz, he was always in his ear. He, you know, just I think so with Mookie Betts. And with Hanley Ramirez, it kind of really concerns me. I don't know about you guys, but Hanley, when he's you've seen him in left field, he was a puddle at the plate uh <laughs> after the first month. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you get to the point where, you know, he got hurt or whatever. And then you put him at first base where he's doing everyday things and, you know, he's playing defense and he's getting the ball and he's, you know, he's playing well there. I wouldn't mess with that. Uh, And that's why I do have concern if they're going to put him at DH, that he's not going to have the same kind of season.
0: All right, Tyler. Um, Well, we appreciate the time. Tyler, I'll give you a little shameless plug here. Where can people find you on
3: Twitter and where can they find your uh, your work? Uh, thank you guys for having me. Obviously, I uh, appreciate you guys having me come on and talking to Red Sox. You can follow me at Tyler Sealy underscore on, fa- uh, on Twitter.
0: Love it. Awesome. Uh, make sure to do that, Tyler. Obviously, I'd uh, love to have you on back on at some point and uh, enjoy Truck Day for whatever that means.
3: Of course. <laughs> All right,
2: Thanks, again, again, Thanks, uh, Tyler. No
3: problem, guys.
0: Again, Tyler Sealy, uh, Baseball Central primarily um, covering the Red Sox there appreciate him coming on. Of course, he and our entire first segment was brought to you by uh, our good friends at ZipRecruiter. It's the new year which means a fresh start for your business and a great year starts with making great hires but posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire you need to post your job on all the top job sites and now you can. With ZipRecruiter you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017. Post your job to 200 plus job sites including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface, no juggling emails or calling the the office to figure out what's going on. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. It's awesome. It's a lot easier than having to juggle phone calls and emails back and forth. It's all in one place, which is great, of course. Um, And don't forget, of course, um, the entire show is also brought to you by our friends at audible and then we had to show them love as well of course we love them as well um guys again obviously a big shout out to tyler for joining us and we talked about a few things there um as well but one thing we didn't ask him about and i wanted to get your take on especially because we kind of talked about it last week lauren but we didn't it didn't happen when we were on the show um red sox did go to arbitration uh with fernando abad um of course, they ruled in favor of the Red Sox. He's going to make two million next year instead of two point seven, I believe it was. Um, what are you guys' takes on this? Quickly, just kind of—is it—is it a big deal? Are there going to be hard feelings, or is this going to be a case of if he's going to show up, make his two million dollars, and suck in the bullpen?
1: It's just stupid. It's a seven hundred thousand dollar difference, and they had to go to arbitration. And I think it's just going to be a matter of him just sucking it up. And if he sucks, he sucks. And if he's good, he's good. And then he'll get a pay raise if he's good. So. I mean, it's stupid it got to that point, but I'm not expecting too much from him this season.
2: Yeah, first arbitration in 14 years or 15 years for the Sox. Pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, I think he'll just move on. Uh, I kind of expect him to be decent. I mean, he pitched bad right at the beginning when he got here, but really after that, he got a lot better. And But then he just didn't pitch that much, so he didn't get as much of a chance. So I'm looking for him to improve, and I think he'll be valuable against lefties.
0: Yeah, I hope he is. I mean, he wasn't phenomenal in Minnesota by any means I just I think Dombrowski and all of us are just wishing that he kind of comes back this year and just kind of does not do at all what he did when he came in here last year and hopefully having a year of spring training with the staff and going the whole year with the Red Sox will help him in that situation for sure Um, one thing that was interesting this week in terms of Red Sox news was the fact that I mean this is kind of kind of self-explanatory but jackie bradley did say this week that he wanted his strikeout percentage to go down i think we all want our strikeout percentage to go down um even if it's men's softball i think you don't want to strike out a lot um but what do you guys make of him actually pub- like saying it like i think we all know it's the thing we look at the stats all the time um he struck out 28 percent of his plate appearances but like what 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 does he mean by that like why does he just want to make this public or why does he just go and do it
1: I mean, I think I'm glad that he's addressed it. Obviously, it's it's a it's. I like when these players come out and can address their issues like that. When they're just like, "Oh, I want to lower my my strike my strikeout percentage." I want you to lower it too. I wouldn't care if it was at nine percent. I'd still want you to get lower. Like if he's gonna have the plate discipline and just kind of grow more as a player. He's still really young, so he's got a still a lot of learning to do. So if he's gonna take the time and just have that plate patience and not strike out as much then that, I think that's great
2: yeah i mean he's the kind of guy who always works hard he's got a good attitude so i'm not surprised that he'd say this cuz he always he always trying to improve and he's he's pretty vocal about it so i think that that's that's a good thing i think he'll probably probably uh, do well after saying that because you know, when he was hitting crappy before, he said, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to hit better, I'm going to hit a lot more, and practice it, and do batting practice, and then he did get better. So, I think he's a good hard work- worker, and he seems like a dude you can take it his word.
0: Yeah, um, I'm hoping he does better at the plate, because, you know, we always said that he, you know, didn't have to be a phenomenal hitter, because his defense is so stupidly good, um, that we, we we were okay with that. So, overall, last year, we are obviously not disappointed by any means for what he put out there, but... Um. Obviously, the less you can strike out, the better in our eyes. So, uh, hopefully, he he stands through that and does work hard. And, and you know, spring training is right around the corner. So, I have to see how he does the spring and how he pushes into the first months of the season. Come April, of course. So, um, we'll obviously keep an eye on that for you as well. Um, not a lot of Red Sox news have going on though. But what do you guys make of this too? Before we move on to the um, some of the MLB news that is out there that we did want to touch on, including the the proposed rule changes. um, Today was truck day, and that's not what I want to talk about um, but there were pictures of Chris Sale already being in Fort Myers throwing in Red Sox gear really good sign for this team if he's already there, right?
1: Yeah, it's just really exciting too like we know he's excited to be here, but he's already there a week earlier than other guys and I'm, I think Porcello's down there too, but it's still just it's it's a good start and I like it and it just it gets me more excited for the season to start.
2: You yeah, always go when you got your ace out there. Uh, well, <laughs> your supposed ace. We thought we thought Mr. Price was that too. Uh, well, you have both in all reality. If you're talking about Rick Porcello, yeah, exactly. Rick Porcello has been an ace too. So getting both of them out there, getting ready, throwing already. It's only February six, so that's a great sign. Can't wait to see both the pitch this year. And like we said, Porcello game one, do it. Come on. Yeah,
0: Chris Sale coming in with his three point three four ERA from uh, from last season. I hope. Him and Porcello push each other, and then that means if that's the case, then David Price can kind of sit back in the shadows and just do his own thing and hopefully take some of the pressure off of him. Um, that's ideally the, the situation, right, guys? If if, if um, Chris Sale can come in here and go toe-to-toe with, with Rick Porcello and they can challenge each other and battle it out and win the city over, David Price can just kind of live in the shadows with his dog and pitch and not have to worry about much. <laughs>
1: As long as Astro's included, I'm fine.
0: Astro's always included. I'll never leave Astro out. Good. Put him
2: put him on the mound, maybe we'll pitch better.
0: Yeah. Just have sit there. Just put him in the back there. Go fetch some balls. <laughs> uh, Astro. Okay, well, hopefully Astro's not actually on the mound, because that would be kind of horrible. Um, don't need to subject him to that horrifying pitching. Um, but that being said, the, the, some other news around the league before we get out of here for the week. Um... MLB has proposed changes to intentional walks and strike zones. Now, so the intentional walk situation, we've kind of heard this pop up before. Um, but now they're no longer going to um, throw the actually throw the four pitches. They're just going to signal that out. Um, do you think this would help at all? I know it's, it's really they're proposing for like speeding up game, but it really won't speed it up that much. Um, why why add this?
1: I mean, I like it. I, I... I think it's dumb if they're going to intentionally walk somebody like, why do you have to throw four pitches if they're already going to take the base? Um, I'm definitely all for that. I I don't think, like you said, Jared, it won't speed up the game at all, but it'll just be just like keep pace with it. Like, it, I just don't think there's any point if you're going to let somebody take the base, just let them take the base. There's no reason to be throwing more pitches.
0: I will say I'm going to miss Vlad Guerrero. I, I mean, not as so he's not playing, but I do miss when he used to swing at those free-rangedly. He just kind of, like, whatever, didn't care. He actually got a couple I think he had a home run once being intentionally walked. I don't remember. Um, but that, I, I, th- those one-offs won't happen enough to make it worth it. But there was, it was always fun to see some guys take hacks at those um, intentional walk throws.
2: Well, it's fine. I was just going to say that I don't like getting rid of it because of those few times where guys actually do try to hit them. I know Miguel Cabrera got a hit off one several years ago too so just the fact that people do actually hit them sometimes i know they take time and they waste time and it's four unnecessary pitches but when they do screw it up or throw a wild pitch or someone gets a hit off of it i mean it does change the game and that's the pitcher's stupid fault so i kind of don't like it i'd rather have the pitches to see if something maybe will happen on them
0: it doesn't you make up a good point too jess it's it's the whole you know not even just the occasional hit on those throws it's you know, what if it's a knuckleballer throwing them? You know, what what if it's right. um, these guys who aren't always super controlled? If they're already flustered and trying to walk the bases loaded, what if he misses one? It's a wild pitch and games, tie or whatever. You know, it's such a little things like that that you would miss. It doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, it's exciting. As baseball fans, we do enjoy that. So that's something you would miss in that situation. So I do agree there. Um, I see why they're doing it, but at the same time, I don't. Um, the other one was the... Proposed strike zone change. So now they want to make the lower of the part of the strike zone to the um, top of the batter's knees versus the bottom of the kneecap. Um, it does make a big difference. I don't think you're going to see it called much differently because I feel like people are just going to call it normally, and it's still it's the strike zone is such a subjective thing anyway for umpires. I don't think it'll change much. But um, it's for the first time the strike zone's been changed since what '96.
1: Yeah, I just I don't see really a point to that either because it's really at the umpire's discretion like we've seen ridiculous strike zones from whether it's Joe West or anybody else that's behind the plate it's it's really the umpire's decision where he's going to call the strike so you could say the strike zone's going to be from here to here but the batter's got to figure out the umpire before he's got to figure out what pitch is getting thrown at him
2: yeah i totally agree the umps are going to do what they want and they use their own strike zone, and I feel like the rules aren't even, the, the quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes right now, and nobody can see me, the quote-unquote rules. The wonders of
0: radio. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. <laughs> the rules that they, that they are supposed to follow, I don't feel like many of them do, so I don't really think that's helpful. So changing what the strike zone is, I really don't see that it's going to do anything.
0: Maybe this will just keep them from calling strikes at people's ankles we've seen that, yeah, maybe Maybe this will actually tighten it up to what the strike zone should have been, and that's why they're doing it. But you I mean it's right, you're right in that situation. I'm still going to do what they want. Uh, they always have. Um, you're going to have strike zones call strikes in the other batter's box. You're going to have strikes. Strike zones be half of what it's defined in the rule book. It's what it is. Um, if the umpire has something taped on the DVR, they want to get home and watch it. They're going to call the game a little faster. It's just the way umpiring is. So it's not going to change. But um, I do applaud them for trying to change it because. Um, they're just trying to change something. I don't know if it's necessarily the right thing, but they're trying to make changes, and they're already out of the pitch o'clock and things like that. So I think that will tend to help the game more because as much as we love baseball, no matter what happens to it, um, baseball does need some changes or it's going to drop in numbers. I know football has too, but um, baseball is, is making changes. They're trying to kind of get the fans back to where they should be for sure. We'll have to see kind of how it affects. I, like we said, I highly doubt it would affect anything. Um, Come the summertime, once they actually get out there and the officer are calling it, I can't imagine it's going to affect too much. But um, one other thing that was intriguing to me um, that we wanted to talk about, too, was the fact that 27 out of the 30 teams in the majors um, are going to allow in-market streaming. The three that aren't are the Dodgers, Orioles, and Nationals. Um, guys, it's kind of cool that these teams are allowing it. Why wouldn't those three not?
1: I I don't know. Um I did not know if there was an actual reason for it, but um I I really like the idea cuz I know the NFL did it with Twitter. They were live streaming on Twitter and I like the idea of just being able to watch out of market games that we don't get here and I don't have MLB network with my with my cable provider, so what if I want to be able to watch a game, I want to be able to do it you know, easily.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got to get with the times, right? It's all about the online stuff and making it as easy as possible to win games. And MLB's definitely been behind in that in terms of in terms of fancy and things other than live on their on their TV for the most part. So I think mean, it's good that most teams are getting with the times. So those three teams, not really sure what's holding them up.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, it's such a good idea because we talk about all this time, and everyone talks about you know catering to the younger fans baseball's an old school sport you hear it all the time right we, we talk about it all the time this is a good way to kind of attend to that younger generation you know people could watch a baseball game out of market that is on twitter now they can watch it in market on twitter so if someone's in the area and wants to watch a red sox game but isn't by a tv i might be able to tune to twitter or however they're going to do it on my phone and watch a red sox game instead of stumbling through eight different ways six different apps that don't work and try to find the stream that works the best um it's a good thing I think it's where where baseball should go it's where the NFL has gone it's clearly worked um so I think that this is a good step for baseball um and it's only going to help as they move forward um trying to get some of the fans back and try to respark baseball to where it once was
2: Yeah getting getting younger fans involved is always always can never hurt you know to keep the game alive you know it's you want young people because you know that's that's how it works, you know. That's the future. People, yeah, you know. <laughs> and older people ain't going to be doing it forever, so.
0: And, and the future is bright, Lauren, for baseball, considering the young talent that we have in this league and um, obviously in this area, the young talent that's on the Red Sox. So um, baseball's going strong. We're going strong. Uh, this time next week, we'll, we'll be able to talk about pitchers and catchers reporting, which is very exciting, which means we're officially out of the off season. come next week, which is very Woo! exciting. I know, Jess, you're very happy about that. Awesome. Um don't forget, of course, you can find us on Red Sox on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Um, as spring training is now here, you're going to see a lot more written coverage. Just any major plans so far for anything written or to get back in the grind.
2: No, uh, it's, things are obviously going to get started soon, so we'll start ramping it up and, and uh, covering things that are happening. So mm-hmm. definitely look for look for some uh, some more coverage coming up and some predictions at some point in the next probably month and a half or so.
3: This will be good.
0: Tune into the site, of course, clnsradio.com. It'll come off of our show Twitter as well, our Facebook page. So anything that uh, the written side does, it'll come through us as well. So don't forget to check it out there. Uh, Don't forget our show today was brought to you by our friends at ZipRecruiter. You can start using ZipRecruiter for free now by going to ziprecruiter.com backslash sportsfan. Also, Audible. If you go to audible.com backslash trynow. You get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial, so go check out both of those. Thank you to them for being um, gracious enough to sponsor our little show here. Uh, We'll be back next week uh, to talk about pitchers and catchers and whatever you want that's not off-season related because we're finally out of the grossness of it. Um, For Jess Thomas and Lauren Campbell, I am Jared Scali. This has been Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio.